0: It's Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got five briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the COVID emergency is officially over in the United States, and so too are the vaccination mandates. I'll explain that announcement out of the White House yesterday and offer up a fact check of whether those emergency measures were ever appropriate to begin with. Second, the U.S. Border Patrol chief is reporting some pretty startling numbers of illegal migrants coming over the border over the past 72 hours. I'll give you the latest. Third, politicians in New York have been cozying up to some, well, Chinese spies, and we've got photos to prove it. I'll tell you that story in just a bit. Fourth, a Canadian politician just found out that he and his family were being targeted by the Communist Party in Beijing, but he had to find out through a local newspaper report. The Canadian government forgot to tell him about it. Oopsie, that's coming up. Fifth, I've got another good spy story for you. This one is about a spy station in Antarctica, of all places. So who do you think is operating it? I'll tell you in a minute. Later, we close out the podcast with a report about clouds spreading bacteria all around the world. But don't worry, the bacteria are mostly harmless. Mostly. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. The White House announced yesterday that the COVID emergency is over and you do not have to get vaccinated if you don't want to. The federal mandates are over. So here's what the White House said yesterday in a press release to the nation. Quote, we are announcing that the administration will end the COVID-19 vaccine requirements for federal employees, federal contractors and international air travelers starting at the end of the day on May 11th. That is the same day that the COVID-19 public health emergency ends as well, end quote. Well, my goodness, that is quite a change for Mr. Biden and his team of public health experts. If you recall, back in September of 2021, he mandated that all businesses with more than 100 employees require their workers to be immunized. He also mandated that healthcare facilities vaccinate their employees, too. Finally, he signed an executive order that forced all federal employees and contractors to get vaccinated. And if you recall, if you refused or you complained about those orders, well, the Biden White House said that you were a murderer and he took special aim at Republicans and their political leaders for any skepticism of his, well, shall we call them edicts? right, so here's what Biden said on September 9th of 2021 about his opponents. Quote, Instead of encouraging people to get vaccinated and mask up, Republicans are ordering morgues for the unvaccinated. Unvaccinated who are dying of COVID-19 in their communities as I speak, end quote. Now, for good measure, Mr. Biden then added this, quote, my message to the unvaccinated Americans out there is this. What more is there for you to wait for? Okay, we have been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us, end quote. Okay, my goodness. Well, we go from that to, well, the emergency of COVID is over. So let's just take a moment to reflect on what Mr. Biden said back then, back in September of 2021, and compare that to the facts, both that was known then and today. Because whatever the facts might be, we ought to learn from them. And that's because there will almost certainly be another pandemic at some point down the road. And we need to be prepared on how to better respond next time. And that's why I think that you and I and everybody listening this morning should care about this brief. So let's first talk about what Mr. Biden said about the unvaccinated that they were putting us all at risk, either in spreading the virus or by showing up at hospitals and demanding care. Well, what we now know, And frankly, we knew back in September of 2021 is that being vaccinated did not stop the spread. Vaccinated Americans got sick and passed the virus on to others. But what about this claim that, uh, well, the unvaccinated led to some crushing demand for hospital care? Let's consider a study from April of 2020, right? That, That was just three months into the pandemic. And I bet that you have never heard what I'm about to tell you. All right, so this study was from a group of New York City hospitals, and that was at the time the epicenter of America's first outbreak, and they were documenting who was showing up to the ER and then eventually dying of COVID, and here's what they found. Again, just three months into the pandemic, 94% of hospitalized COVID patients in New York City were obese, or they had conditions associated with obesity, like diabetes and hypertension. In fact, one of the doctors involved in this study named Leora Horwitz said that hospitalized COVID patients were quote disproportionately obese end quote. So the point folks is that it was never true that the unvaccinated were putting us all at risk. Rather we've known since April of 2020 that the real risk of complications from a COVID infection was largely from being obese All right. That was the central problem. And it remains mostly undiscussed even to this day. All right. Let's talk about the next thing that the Biden folks talked about. Natural immunity. All right. Because some of the unvaccinated folks out there, maybe you, said that, look, I don't need to get the COVID shots because I've already been inoculated from a previous infection. So is that true? Well, meta-analysis from the CDC and the Lancet Journal of Medicine have both shown, in America and in Europe, that those people with a previous COVID infection have future protection that is, quote, at least as high, if not higher, than that which is provided by a two-dose vaccination, end quote. Okay, that then takes us to the third Biden claim from September of 2021, that, People who were uh, refusing to mask up, well, those folks were jeopardizing us all and his patience was running thin for them. So is that true that we needed to mask up to protect everybody else? Well, Dr. Tony Fauci is now on record as saying that those cloth masks didn't do much of anything at all, or to be very accurate here. He said in an interview with the New York Times last week that, quote, cloth masks might work at the margins, maybe 10% of the time, end quote. Now he did go on to say that N95 masks do work quite well as compared to those cloth masks. And he's right, but only when someone has a n N95 mask that properly seals on their face. But to be clear, that was not the point being made when Biden said to just mask up back in September, 2021, right? There was no nuance to his demand. So all in all, my friends, those are the facts this morning as the White House declares the COVID emergency officially over and the mandate's done. And you all can decide what lessons we ought to take from this morning's fact check. Meanwhile, I want to offer you this one last piece of, well, COVID-related information. On Monday, the Washington Post reported that the CEO of Moderna, which of course is one of the companies producing the COVID vaccinations, He made $400 million last year. But that's not the half of it. He also owned stock worth another $2.8 billion in Moderna. And at the end of last year, he had an additional stock-based compensation package valued at an additional $1.7 billion on top of the other two buckets of cash. But here's something that you might not know. He and Moderna are about to get a lot richer According to a company announcement about a month ago, Moderna is going to charge $130 per dose for these COVID boosters, right? That is up from $15 in 2020. I'll let you decide if that is good medicine or not. And once again, I'll let you decide whether we should be a lot more careful next time when the president of either party, frankly, tells us what to do with our bodies based on what they say is the science. With that, let's move on to our second brief this morning, although there is a connection to the first brief. Did you notice that I said that the vaccine mandates and the COVID emergency were both set to end on May 11th? Well, there is a reason for that. Because on May 11th, the U.S. government will no longer be able to use Title 42. That's an immigration policy that the Trump and Biden administrations have both used to throw illegal migrants out of the country immediately, justifying their removal because of the COVID health emergency. So news about this removal of Title 42, well, that's getting out into the world, especially amongst the illegals who are waiting in Mexico trying to cross over and Also, the cartels who are trafficking these folks, you know, get them across the border. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, the news about Title 42 going away is driving a sudden jump in illegal migration. U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz said on Twitter yesterday that in the past 72 hours, he and his agents have apprehended 22,200 illegals, give or take, which, by the way, is about 7,000 a day. And that matches the record numbers that we were seeing last year. And so, ladies and gentlemen, that I think helps explain why more Texas cities are declaring states of emergencies this morning. The city of Laredo is joining Brownsville and El Paso in declaring an emergency because of the, quote, imminent rise of migrants arriving at our southern border with the expiration of Title 42. Meanwhile, in El Paso, the city announced yesterday that they would likely restart their busing of illegal migrants to sanctuary cities like Chicago and New York. Quote, the possibility of doing those transports again that we saw in September and October, that is very much a reality, end quote. By the way, that is the deputy city manager, Mario D'Agostino, who said as much in a press conference as reported by the New York Post. So that plan of busing is already making some sanctuary mayors around America very cranky this morning. The outgoing mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, said, quote, we are completely tapped out, right? We have no more space, no more resources, end quote. Meanwhile, New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, is saying that, quote, my city is being destroyed by the migrant crisis, end quote. He went on, of course, to add that it's going to cost him $4.2 billion for all the free housing and food and education and health care that his, uh, well, sanctuary city has promised these illegals. So there you have it with just one quick opinion to offer you. So I know that some of us might be tempted to say, well, sorry, New York and Chicago, but you are getting exactly what you asked for by being a sanctuary city. And that is true, and I can't argue it, but I hope that we can avoid it to some degree because this crisis is going to spread far and wide, right? Well beyond the magnets of these sanctuary cities because illegal migrants quite clearly don't care about borders, whether that be our national border or our borders for our cities. And they're going to end up going wherever they would like to go. And just to emphasize here, ultimately the the problem, the, the cause for that, It's because our politicians have told them that they can, that they are above the law. So I'll tell you, as I sit back and I reflect about this, I'll tell you, I'm not sure how long a country remains a country with this kind of lawlessness. But one way or the other, we are about to find out. That's because May 11th is just nine days away. Okay, my friends, with that, let's now move on to our third brief of the morning, although we're actually going to stay in New York City for this one. An increasing number of politicians in that town have been caught socializing with and raising money from people that, as it turns out, are Chinese spies who run a secret Chinese police station in New York City. So let me give you just one example As reported by the Washington Free Beacon and the Daily Caller, a Democrat representative named Grace Meng of New York City has attended repeated events at the Manhattan office of the America Changle Association. Right. Prosecutors have since arrested the two leaders of that association, a man named Lu Jiangwang, and the other is named Cheng Jingping. And both of those fellows were arrested for operating what was actually a police station of sorts to spy on and harass Chinese citizens who lived in New York, but were very vocal of their criticism of the Chinese regime. And in case there were any doubt about what was going on there at that Chinese police station that was pretending to be some sort of nonprofit. Well, the two men have admitted that once they learned that they were under federal investigation, they began destroying evidence at their office. That evidence, by the way, included correspondence with their bosses back in Beijing about who to target in New York City and why. The two men have also acknowledged what is clear from public photos, and that is that New York politicians, like the one that I just mentioned, have become quite close to these men and their nonprofit, in fact, even took their campaign contributions. Those politicians include Democrat Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and New York City Mayor Eric Adams. For the record, and to be fair, all these politicians deny knowing anything about the two Chinese men or their connections to either the Communist Party or running a secret police station. So those are the facts, my friends, and I want to offer you this opinion and analysis as you reflect on this story. Someday, I hope that we have a president who will declassify the investigations led by the FBI and the CIA into American politicians and journalists who they believed to be secret agents or helpful contacts of the Chinese Communist Party and men like those two fellows in New York. Because I will tell you that the number of communist collaborators in our political and media systems is not zero. And in my view, I think that that helps explain why we have so many people in power who are suspiciously and consistently pro-China. All right, someday I hope that we have a president who will share all of that information with you, because I know it's true. I just can't give you the details or the evidence. But someday, a real American president could one that loves this country and wants to save it from the communist collaborators. And all I can say is that I hope that I live to see that day. With that, let's take our first break of the morning, my friends. Now, most of you likely won't hear any ads over the next few minutes, so enjoy the ad-free experience for now, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards global affairs. So first, we start with our friends in Canada, a country that we actually don't talk a lot about, but we should. Some good folks up north. Well, this morning, the country of Canada is actually facing a bit of a scandal that you should know about. According to Reuters news service, there's a conservative lawmaker in that country named Michael Chong. Well, he and his family were targeted by the Communist Party in China. And by targeted, I mean that Beijing believed that Mr. Chong was an enemy of the Communist state. And that, quote, we must make an example of this member of parliament and deter others like him from taking anti-China positions, end quote. Okay, so while that is scandalous enough, right, China targeting a member of parliament, the real outrage, at least according to critics, is that Canada's intelligence service knew about this threat against Mr. Chong, but didn't tell him about it. In fact, he had to discover it in a newspaper article that came out just a few days ago. So now the question is, why didn't this intel service of Canada tell Mr. Chong, who was a member of parliament, about a very serious threat to him and his family? Well, critics argue that because he is a member of the conservative opposition, well, he got cross with the prime minister, Justin Trudeau. So the allegation goes that Trudeau was apparently fine with Mr. Chong being targeted by Beijing because he was an opposition member. Although to be clear... Mr. Trudeau says that that's just not true. He said, quote, it is absolutely unacceptable to see anyone being intimidated by the Chinese government, especially a member of parliament, end quote. He added that he had instructed his government to, quote, get to the bottom of this, end quote. Well, let's see if that happens, because candidly, I'm not so sure it will. And that's because of this. Mr. Trudeau is fairly described as being pretty far left and he has treated conservatives in his country with a pretty heavy hand over the past number of years. You might remember the trucker protests over COVID mandates. He put those down pretty hard and fast. That's just one example. Regardless, I think this is a very important story, and I'm going to keep watching it, and I will keep you posted. And that takes us to the last brief of the morning, and we're going to talk about a den of spies in Antarctica, of all places. So let me get your guess. Who set up a spy station in Antarctica, or a likely spy station? Who do you think did it? Well, if you guessed it it was the country of China, Ah, you're right. So here's what we know, as reported by Time magazine. But first, actually, some quick history. In 1984, China started construction on what they called a research station in Antarctica. Now, since then, they've built out three more of those stations, but it's actually their fifth research station that is raising some pretty serious concerns this morning, because it's relatively close to Australia and New Zealand, and they're constructing a satellite ground station. Now, that could be used for purposes like scientific communication and such, but it could also be used for espionage, and it's probably that based on satellite photos and the overall size of the quote-unquote research station. Now, I should note that China is a signatory to something called the Antarctic Treaty, which was signed at the height of the Cold War in 1959, and it stipulates that Antarctica cannot be used for military purposes. Now, China is asked, or has been asked, rather, about this new research station, and they say, oh, nothing to do with military purposes. Okay, then again, Beijing says a lot of things that, well, aren't true. At any rate, I will be watching for more details on this new research station and whether it's in violation of that treaty. And if it is, by the way, will anybody do anything about it? Hmm. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Well, maybe, possibly, we have another balloon to talk about floating around in the Pacific. It's a mysterious Chinese spy balloon, maybe. NBC News is reporting this morning that the U.S. military is tracking what appears to be a balloon that originated in China. Although they're not exactly sure what it is, they just know that it flew over parts of Hawaii and is now drifting towards Mexico. So as that balloon floats in the sky, it actually made me think about this next story, which I think is pretty darn fascinating. And it was just reported a couple of days ago by the French media outlet AFP. So researchers in Canada and France were curious to know how or if clouds might capture bacteria that were once on, say, plants or in the soil, but were then picked up by the wind, transporting that stuff high into the sky. Because if that happened, that could possibly help explain sudden outbreaks of, say, bacterial ailments in strange places all around the world when nobody could find out the proper cause. So these researchers took samples from some cloudy mist uh, from a research station high on a dormant volcano in central France. And here's what they found. They discovered anywhere from 330 to more than 30,000 bacteria per milliliter of cloud water, right? That included 29 subtypes of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So the study offered no firm conclusions on the potential health effects of the spread of this kind of bacteria, obviously via clouds and rain. Now, they they estimated that about half, uh, no more than half of the bacteria were alive or potentially infectious, which made them feel a bit hopeful about the potential concern. In fact, one scientist said with some good cheer that, quote, the atmosphere is very stressful for bacteria, so people shouldn't be afraid to go for a walk in the rain, end quote. Okay, well, that's good. Go out for that walk, but uh, maybe uh, have a bottle of like penicillin at the ready.